0: So there's a game called Comrades. Um, it that's it, you the, yeah. The, the link uh, to the Kotaku article right now. Um, there's a game called Comrades uh, that's awesome. There's also a game that's all about um, unionizing that I actually own called Beat the Boss, um, which mm. fucking rocks. Um,
1: um, God, I would love to just stream playing those games.
0: Right? Wouldn't that be so fun? Uh, here's the Kickstarter for Beat the Boss. Um And then I also have a comrade named Adam who did, like, a cyberpunk anti-fascist one,
1: which... uh, Tabletop RPG. The headline headline to this Tabletop RPG. Yeah, it's Sigmata. I'm sending you that one, too. Socialist Tabletop Game Reminded Me that You Have to Stop Infighting to Get Shit Done.
2: Huh. Uh, So the game's amazing, then, and we should all play it.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, so comrades... um, Dear yeah, Explain Stigma. comrades. So, I don't know as much about this particular game. I remember having some friends tell me about it. Um, I know that it's based in um apocalypse world, which is a really popular um engine so to speak i feel like engine's the wrong word i feel like some nerd's gonna like slide into Rule my dms set. and be like that's not actually the correct nomenclature uh but no, it's... Just if
1: you add homebrew to the end of any rpg people have to accept it
0: <laughs> yeah then you're good to geo um but yeah I, you know it's it's sort of like my understanding again uh, and i could be totally bastardizing this is that it's like kind of vaguely noir um and relies uh, heavily upon like the cooperative nature of tabletop role-playing games and so it it plays into that kind of an element um there's different so. classes
1: i know like the professional was literally uh modeled after brace belden uh piss pick granddad who joined the Kurds <laughs> in syria so like you're a class where like this is what you do all day you, you fix stuff you handle problems and there's like the patron there's you know you're bourgeois class trader the worker the organizer the it's like D. it looks awesome yeah it looks it's fantastic so i would love cool. to play it
2: honestly like let's fucking like let's let's find the rule set and fucking play it i'm not even kidding dude this quote no matter how much some of the characters personally disliked each other and some of them did not like each other very much at all we all knew that we were here to fight for a better world personal disagreements could be hashed out later right now we need to escape the cops and live to fight another day this sounds awesome right
0: I'm telling you I'll, like, I'll, I'll GM it Let's go Let's fucking do it. it Sounds like a blast That
2: sounds so fucking cool Yeah
1: I We just gotta get to the same place At some point Which would be easier If Brett wasn't in Bum fuck well, I, don't even, I don't even know What state you're in right now <laughs> You Denver. and my uncle Are very similar in that way
0: <laughs> It would be easier But we can use like If, if we really wanted to We could use like Roll 20 or some shit If we really wanted to Make it happen
1: True though
2: welcome to Dumb and Awful. This is Brett at Relentless Board.
1: I am Rob at Dumb and Awful on Twitter.
2: And with us today is Pearson from Coffee with Comrades.
0: What's up, y'all?
1: Those are like my two favorite things to swallow.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How long have you been waiting to deliver that joke, Rob?
1: You know what? I don't know if this is impressive or horrifying, but that just came off the dome in that moment (laughs) i can't stop my brain from do from going there you said coffee with comrades i'm like well that's kind of no offense that's a very boring title uh what do those things share in common it was like oh yeah that (laughs) can't get enough it left
0: fully formed to the front of your brain that's that's fantastic and horrifying (laughs) simultaneously that's dialectics y'all boom there it is
1: this will be known as the athena riff forthwith people will study this (laughs) indeed
2: uh so pearson and i met when i was in florida and we did a recording and then i fucked it up so no one heard it um and he was kind enough to come back on thank you pearson again apologies
0: oh no worries whatsoever i'm glad uh i'm not glad that our conversation got lost i'm glad that we got to have the conversation in the first place and yes it was such a lovely conversation that it only made sense to come back on and chat with y'all again and now this time rob
1: gets to hang out with us too
2: oh yeah kiss Maybe later. He's got a dope beard. You know how much I like beards.
1: Birds. I I certainly do, Brett. Otherwise, I wouldn't be around you all the time. (laughs) Fuck off. Damn, I should be sober and low-key angry for every pot. huh?
0: Honestly, that's the move. Kill that
1: energy, baby. Hey, uh, I know you had some important stuff to say, Brett, but I just saw the word Chance the Snapper and my day got a little bit better. So can you explain (laughs) this? You're
2: welcome. Okay, so we're going to do some Florida news first. And I just I get all the Florida news delivered to my inbox because I'm a psychopath and I find it entertaining. (laughs) But this story I was fucking dying at and I'll just read the headline for you. Elusive alligator Chance the Snapper finally caught by Florida expert in Chicago Lagoon. (laughs) <laughs> what so the, the the picture that
0: is directly below the headline is just priceless it's this like person with no neck and just like his beard is is probably a good three quarters of his face and he's just carrying a tiny little alligator
1: okay first of all i was gonna say chance the chance the snapper is a, a funny name but if you've got a gator such that you need to call floridian to travel up and take care of it that doesn't really track to the diminutive uh rapper but then I saw the tiny little gator, and,
2: yeah, I yeah, see it. It's, that is a very small gator. Like, not remotely a problem. But I do love that it's... too pocodile, huh? <laughs> I, like I can't one. think of any other. <laughs> <laughs> uh...
1: Cayman, are there any rappers that work with Cayman? Guys, let's word cloud this. We'll get there. Okay. <laughs> Eventually. I mean, I, I guess if the alligator instead of attacking people wrote weird fiction and had a wife that I don't really understand, it, it could be Neil Kamen. <laughs>
0: I want to. I want. I want to die, please, brother. Please that's why I'm here. You think please, I started this podcast? things are going God well? Please, God, let this joke end. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, you guys
1: continue off. on while I Google what the genus of alligator is. <laughs> Okay, uh, it's also the genus could also be known as a dodan. So, what if instead of a, an alligator, they got really into art and moved to the Caribbean and uh, painted the scenes there, and and it was, oh, I guess that's just alligator go gone. I don't really have wordplay. for <laughs> that.
2: <laughs> uh, so you know you're in Tallahassee. Yep doing doing cool praxis along with uh phd shit right yeah that's the that's the hope
0: I, at least i hope that it's cool praxis that's the that's the effort that's the <laughs> the, the goal you know
1: honestly just any praxis w- would be fine at this point didn't tallahassee like literally have uh we should secede a rally at the capitol like a bit ago
0: oh like, yeah
2: they tallahassee love their sovereignty. yeah
0: oh it's it is uh it's it's buck wild out here um yeah, I mean, I feel like also all you have to do is throw around the word praxis and then all of a sudden you're like doing it. Like that's all that's all it really takes is you just have to say the word and then voila, boom, that's it. You've, you've done it. You've accomplished it.
2: <laughs> oh, that's so depressing. I mean, somehow right? somehow we've done pra- praxis and I mean, clearly we're the dumbest people around. So it's amazing the 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 standard is so low it's literally do anything at this point i got
1: <laughs> i got tear gas to occupy but in fairness that was less socialism and more the cops going like my god look at that big one <laughs> I, I bet you can't hit him
2: <laughs> <laughs> 50 points if you hit the big one
0: dude getting tear gas sucks ass i'm not going to i'm not going to even pretend it doesn't it blows it's it not good. a good time it is not fun we
2: need to we need to find the people who so you get tear gas when you're in the military, like it's part of training. They put you in a room to show you how your gas mask works. They make you take it off while there's tear gas, take a deep breath, do a reporting statement, and then you're allowed to leave so that you understand what the experience of getting tear gassed is, one. And two, you know how to make a gas mask work properly. But as a result, you discover that people have different reactions to it. So most people are like, you have the normal, it fucks you up for a little bit. It takes a while to like clear out your sinuses It makes you like, Fucking tears stream down your face. Snot pours out. It's just awful, right, Brett? Which but one were you? The yeah, that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> then you have the ones where you can't control it. Like it. That's one of those. No, things you really cannot
1: not. It's a genetic thing. Like, yeah, uh, I I did it because it was this uh like FDNY thing that was uh, anyway. Uh, it is miserable and like most we had a couple people throw up me for some reason the the way my body responded was that I I produced like a like a cigarette and I smoked it really cool and I just said some pimp shit that I can't remember but (laughs) I'm not proud of that anymore than I'd be ashamed of how Brett panicked (laughs)
2: Uh, I didn't panic I just stood there did what I was supposed to do as fucking snot and tears streamed uh, uncontrollably out of the multiple orifices and it, which it reminds me of when we
1: went to that black pink concert, huh? <laughs> 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 but I there are really, I didn't know you felt that way about Jenny.
2: <laughs> She's just so good. She's so incredible. That's how you know you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> uh but there are people who genetically it does almost nothing to them. Where That's it's like wild. Yeah. Like let's recruit those people. Yeah.
0: let all get of those them. people on our side. Shit. So, that was
1: always um, something that weirded me out with, like medicine. Like, you know, I've, I've been, I've had the same health issues that everyone else in the world has had, right? And it's funny how some medicines they'll give it to you. It's just like, oh, yeah, I guess that does nothing for you. <laughs> I know for everyone else's biology, like it's basically fine, but everyone has those things where your body's just like, nah. No, this is a crap shoot. Yeah, this is the idiosyncrasy of my particular biology. Is this isn't going to work out? And again, and a Brett's good get-
0: sentence. As the idiosyncrasy of my particular biology. That is a good sentence.
1: Yeah, I have a master in fine arts. America apparently thinks I'm one of the most creative, smartest, best people in the world. I have a degree that proves it. Don't ever. Until you get your PhD, you call me sir.
0: Yes, sir. <laughs> there we go.
2: Uh, do you have your PhD person or are you just working on it?
0: No, I have my master's. I'm working to, towards getting my PhD though.
2: And it's it's in lit?
0: Yeah, it's in literature, media and culture. So, it's a it's a kind of like a broad-based thing like where I can kind of do whatever the fuck I want with it, which is nice because generally speaking you can't do garbage with an English degree. So, at least I can pretend like I can leverage it for something.
2: Yeah, I joined the military with my English degree, so you know. Good shit. <laughs> no, I mean,
1: there's gonna be someone eventually that's gonna want a very niche, very nuanced take of Jude, the obscure and the Jewish diaspora. And you're going to have that. And then you're going to make a million dollars. So go get that PhD. I think it's going to be fine.
0: (laughs) Fingers crossed.
1: All the people in the MFA that were like, I think I can blow even more money that went on to get a PhD. All their theses are like BCs are just like the most specific unimportant shit in the world. It's a weird (laughs) system.
0: It really is. I mean, it breeds this sort of like hyper commodification of obscure, boring minutia that no one in their right mind would ever give a shit about.
1: And Brett, that's why you that's one of the problems you have with the left in general right now, right, is because uh, you believe that sort of the rank and file have been disempowered so much that academia has filled the void and their model of thinking just does not track with the sort of rubber meets the road uh, praxis you need, right?
2: i mean that's a really nice way of putting it i would just say I, you
1: guys you don't have to say it every time i talk it's my <laughs>
2: <idea>. <laughs> yeah that's my working theory they're all academics and academics are fucking insufferable
0: yes uh I, I and i can tell you as an academic that we are indeed totally insufferable we fucking are awful i've I been mean, giving like, that yeah the <laughs> the whole i mean the whole the whole thing is just absolute ass we're in the midst of probably the the most damning crisis in higher education like ever seen and also like just before i go any further the whole idea of like quote-unquote higher education is, is is in and of itself this sort of technocratic elitist notion to begin with um so i i only use it like sparingly um but like you know since the, the advent of neoliberalism, we've seen college campuses increasingly become these bastions of, of business and prestige rather than centers of education. And I think it's like always sort of been that way. And and there are, of course, yes. you know, caveats here um, because you might be like getting uh, a an ostensibly liberal education that is, a, a, of course, whitewashed and misogynistic and imperialist. But like, you know, this sort of trend that that began with Carter and then really accelerated under Reagan and got perfected by Clinton is essentially robbing the Academy of what its sole purpose ostensibly is, is to be, which is to teach, right? You have this ruthless system that engenders, um, you know, a sense of, of artificial scarcity and economic precarity for perpetually underpaid people. And, and these overworked professors who are increasingly divorced from any sense of security and tenure and are reliant, reliant entirely upon adjunct work where they have to slave away for, you know, pennies on the dollar, not having any conception of whether or not they're going to have an actual job in the next semester. Um, And so, like, your contract could just simply be terminated after a certain period of years or dropped at the drop of a hat, depending on the way that it's worded, which is exactly what happened to me when I was teaching at USF. I was sort of disinvited after working to create an adjunct professor's union on the campus. And so, like, I think that the, the academy is definitely in the midst of, like, a crisis right now. Um, and, I, and I think that it's also encouraging to see like the swelling of unions coming back to the fore as like labor is becoming increasingly more organized. And I think that the ruling class realizes this, which is why they're trying to pass in Florida legislature that will allow for unions to be abolished if they don't meet like a 50% criteria.
1: Of course. Yeah. It, it's really, it sucks, right? Like, like as as the institutions have been capitalized, it allows them to exert such economic pressure on their like a- their underclass, the adjuncts, and all that, right? And it makes like logically, it makes sense, right? Because if people get comfortable, you get another Port Huron statement, right? And since then, they've been real serious about sort of pushing the left as much as possible uh, out of academia.
2: What do you mean it's- Port Huron statement?
1: So Port Huron was in Michigan. It was in like 62 or something uh, where a bunch of students joined the UAW. Again, academia and unions, right? And just they released a statement that was everything that was wrong with the country and what needs to be done, right? And this in 62 means it was before a whole lot of real activism and bombings and going to war and like it was a time where it really felt like leftism was a threat to America and to look up at the universities, which were usually just a class stamp, you know, get your son the stamp he needs to go get the job on wall street or whatever. All of a sudden people were going to schools and coming out thinking we needed to drastically reconfigure or at least reimagine what's possible in governance. So fuck that.
0: (laughs) I mean, like the sixties were like the last time, at least in the United States, that the left had teeth, right? Like that was the last time that we had militant labor did,
1: unions. Don't you think they sold out to those labor unions?
0: Then? Oh, 100%, 100%. But I think the reason why they sold out to the, to the labor unions was not so much because of a flaw in their sort of ideological approach, or in their actual the practice and implementation of those ideals, but rather because of systematic, purposeful sabotage by the ruling class, I think that the entire collapse of the the sort of '60s student movement can can be summarized in two distinct things. And and I I know that I'm I sound like I'm being a bit of an authority on this subject, and I don't mean to be. Um, but i from from what i've studied and what i've seen and it's a, it's a period that i'm very interested in and that i've mm-hmm. written about <clears> go off king is that Two, two main things. So the first is that it's sabotage and infiltration from the capitalist class. And two, it's a unwillingness to work together and to show solidarity, which is something that the three of us were just talking about before we actually started recording, right? Was this, this refusal to actually like recognize that we have shared interests and that we have, um, An empathetic impulse to try and create a better world in the shell of the old. You guys just released that bonus episode where Brett was talking about um, the different kind of problems that stem up when people try to reduce folks in the military to just, um, you know, automatons for an imperialist excursions abroad, right? At the end of the day, we have to begin to recognize that there's more that brings us together as the proletariat, as the working class than that, which divides
1: us and more and and more. Yeah, go for it. Well, I was just going to say, I loved, uh, the idea, the assumption that there's an empathetic impulse, uh, certainly in people on the left, but that, not the phrenology, everybody here. But like people have different predispositions to fascism, to compassion, to empathy, right? I know personality tests is bullshit and neurology, like look, some people just don't have a particularly strong empathetic impulse. And well, I so think that's, if we I think on the cause... left if we on the left are trying to organize, we don't have everyone to work with. To begin with selfishness is very easy for people so let's not alienate the subgroup that we're already starting from
0: yeah for sure i mean i think i think it's uh always good to show people how things are in their self-interest um, and that how our self-interest are actually mutually beneficial and that they overlap. And I think that that's actually the first key stepping stone to teaching empathy and to beginning the, the um, effort to raise clash consciousness and to build uh, social solidarity is by first looking at the things that are materially affecting us, the, the problems that we're having, and beginning to recognize how those problems can be interwoven to a diverse array of other issues that people are experiencing right Damn, and so, it's so I like think,
1: empathy is praxis it's almost, it's almost right? like empathy is praxis
0: well i mean like the you know the sort of um the eternal question is like why do people fight so stubbornly for their chains as if they were their freedom right you know the 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 question that motivated um Deleuze to write uh capitalism and schizophrenia a thousand plateaus which is like all about like why we accept fascism like why do we have a prop- like this propensity for allowing fascism to happen um and you know it's a long verbose ridiculous text but at the end of the day the the basic like impulse behind it is that the only way to behave in a world that is so utterly insane is to like to, to behave ethically in a world that's so utterly insane is to like Lose your mind and to go mad, and like that's the whole, like thrust of the text. And so I think that, you know, at the end of the day, our 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 propensity for empathy from the outside looking in looks like a wild, weird, crazy thing, and and it kind of is. But I think when you start to actually dissect it, at the root of of our choice to be empathetic is to recognize that our freedom is in fact bound up in the freedom of others, and that we ain't free until we're all free.
1: I know you can't see it, but I just took a, a sip of coffee and I've pushed my glasses up the bridge of my nose and I'm leaning into the mic and I'm just going to say rhizome.
0: There you go. And all you have to say is rhizome and you'll, you'll you are automatically going to sound super smart and super intelligent. That's Fuck else takes. do you need? Brett, Brett, nothing.
1: Brett
2: rhizome. Am I, I wrong? Don't, I don't know what that means. No, you just, you don't,
1: <laughs>
0: you don't. Yes. And you, and,
2: Brett. you just say, yes and.
0: <laughs> you just say yes.
2: Yeah. Oh man, that's fucking genius! <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> look,
1: these are look, these are the people we're gonna have to get. People that don't understand Guatari.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, on I mean honestly, you're you're and that's totally life. right. You're totally right, and like those are the folks that we need. And and I think that the academy does an excellent job of alienating those people. Um, and not responding to their material interests and their material conditions. I think if we begin to meet people where they're at and recognize in a, in a really tangible like way, h- here are the things that they're struggling with, here are the problems that they have, and we actually open up our fucking ears and close our mouths for two seconds, which I know is hard for us podcasters, then we could finally <laughs> actually begin to make some progress in building a militant left again.
1: I got to ask, uh, you mentioned uh, sort of the way that the institution alienates, uh, that class of people in academia, uh, is the alienation you feel primarily economic? Like, is it just, they don't pay you or are there things within those institutions that sort of pressure you towards not maybe performing the praxis and study and, you know, the stuff you would be doing otherwise?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's both. And, you know, I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, um, capitalism has insinuated its tentacles into every walk of life and has done such a great great job of sort of, For lack of a better term, capitalizing upon our interpersonal, our academic, our collegial relationships to such a degree that competition undergirds virtually every interaction that we have with each other, right? We're even like, so like on the internet, for example, we're constantly like trying to dunk on each other for likes and RTs, you know, in our classrooms, we're trying to one up each other uh, and try and show that we're the smartest person in the room. In the academy, people are trying to write the, the most incisive paper. And argue just for the sake of arguing, not because they actually like think that the the truth and the evidence leads in this particular direction, but because it'll allow them to get published, right? Like these sorts of things are absolutely one hundred percent engendering a sense of atomization and alienation in the academy because they are cultivating this cult of personality, this, this sensation of the rugged individual rising to the top and being the, the preeminent scholar, rather than recognizing that scholarship is in fact a shared work and that our um, mm. ability to learn is something that necessarily comes from our interactions with others and that we could never take that next step if we weren't already standing upon the shoulders of giants.
1: Yeah, it really does. I mean, capitalism really does incentivize that sort of selfishness. I'm only vaguely familiar Uh, with that world, um, I, for three years, because I would get course credit for it, I ran a small lab for NIH through my university, uh, like just me. And then I would train people. And so my professor would have grad student candidates, the people that like made it to, you know, the last interviews come in and like run the lab with me, you know, like see how they'd fit in and all that. And so just the amount of every candidate's anxieties I got unloaded on me. It, yeah, like that sounds
0: absolutely exhausting.
1: Yeah, it's it's. Uh, – first of all, the entire process was horrible. You got people flying in from around the country hoping that they can get, uh, you know, a basically unpaid position grinding away lab work that no one really cares about, but it's just hoping that it gets cited enough that they get a little cult of personality around seeing the name – At the bottom of every paper and in the footnotes, like everything, as far as I could tell in the cluster of maybe 15 grad students and four professors, and these are good professors, like these are known professors, maybe that influences things more. uh, But it was all about like, what'll get you the citations, what'll attract interest, your organic curiosities don't motivate research and scholarship as much as like what's going to actually what gets get published? A news story. What's going to make people want to book you at a conference for a keynote?
0: Right. Which is just gross and not, you know, actually a, a good way to produce meaningful, thoughtful, nuanced scholarship at all. It's, it's really just a dick measuring contest.
1: Also, uh, a capitalist scheme because it makes the end goal showing up at these fucking conferences, which are for profit scams by weird organizations that just want to be able to fly their buddies out on a nice weekend in Philadelphia or whatever. I've been to enough of these
0: as of i they're they're the worst it, i i always just use it as an excuse to go travel somewhere hopefully my my university department doesn't decide to listen to this episode on the off chance that they do <laughs> like disregard they the next know. 30 seconds but You're at uh, fsu
1: we're talking about the same place aren't we i <laughs> yeah, just dude, realized no. that we're talking about fucking we fsu are. we're
0: talking about fucking
1: fsu i like you know getting you know that convincing new site them to... building wasn't by accident i'll put it that way guys and crop elevators aren't by accident <laughs> right <laughs> Convincing
0: people to uh convincing the department to give you money so that you can basically just go travel. You read your your piece for like 30 minutes and then you just fuck off for the rest of the weekend.
2: I mean, that does sound fucking awesome.
0: I mean, it's the move. It is, in fact, the move.
1: Extremely bimodal distribution of quality of life in academia. <laughs> 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 just like people just grind. It's just the last car of Snowpiercer. And <laughs> The guy is like Erickson. Is he still at FSU? Oh, I don't know. Probably. He's the guy that invented the like, whatever, 10,000 hours or whatever it was. That guy just walked around like a pimp everywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, FSU, um, Tallahassee in general, not my favorite city in the world.
1: I don't know, dude. You can get the Bullwinkles card. Here's the thing. costs costs $100 up front, but then you could drink for free Long Islands for the whole semester.
0: That's hard to beat. <laughs>
1: it's hard to beat. They put them in a little cup, but here's the thing. You just stay at the bar and just down them like a normal person. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Perfectly oh, yeah. normal person. It's called Dude extracting use those- value. Dude just <laughs> tiny
2: little fucking plastic cups that were like rinse glasses at the dentist, and that's what they'd yes. them in. Fucking
1: what Jesus. could be a better idea than a third floor balcony slash decaying wooden porch where they serve free Long Island's unlimited <laughs> all night? to people that have bought a card it's uh it only led to good things folks
2: <laughs> it's still there too still there, still decaying they have put Did no you money actually into go there? there you must have I, right no no, you no i didn't the, i didn't go while i was there
1: i did buy it a bunch though where where's the spot now i'm curious pearson
0: uh, so I'm probably the wrong person to ask. Cause I don't do a <laughs> lot of drinking myself. Um, I know that a bunch of friends and I, uh, will go to poor Paul's. Um, that's like the drinking hole of choice. Um, I don't know if that was around while you guys were here, yeah. uh, but we'll go there. Um, poor Paul's a lot out forever poor paul's has been around forever i mean people always go to the res which is like uh the 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 racist uh er, like indigenous erasure name for okay so get this so just just to give you a little bit about how shitty uh is right so so they they have this beautiful place down on like near campus called the reservation which for the record the reservation is of course a reference to the genocide of native americans and indigenous peoples in in the so-called united states but that's neither yep. here nor there Pearson, and Pearson. i'm not it gonna it tell res. a
1: story about how i got three separate hand jobs at the site of horrible indigenous erasure <laughs> and genocide am i i'm gonna say sick
2: handies at the res send tweet <laughs> oh and by the way the university mascot is the seminoles
0: yeah, it's it's all sorts of fucked, dude. I, I I hate this town so much. If I could, I would burn it down yeah. to the
2: ground. Yeah, but remember when
1: Renegade comes running out before the game, and everyone goes oh, and then and he they takes a the flaming, the flaming spear, spear and he throws it right in the middle of the FSU logo. Fucking pimp.
0: It makes me want <laughs> to put a bullet in my brain.
2: <laughs> By the way, the new drinking place. Because uh, so when I was there, one of the people I was working with had only graduated like two or three years ago. Uh, it's called Madison Social or Mad Soch. Mad Soch. Mad Soch. It's that is pretty... the most
0: white girl thing I've heard in my life.
2: Oh, it was all fucking white girls and sorority types in there. I mean, that's most of Tallahassee, but yeah, it was. it's one of those places that's like it looks slightly nicer um, and charges you way more for very mediocre food and booze. Right. Yeah. Like one of those types.
0: Yeah, for sure. I've 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 walked by there multiple times and have always refused to go in there on principle. If you because... were good at cooking, you wouldn't live in Tallahassee. Indeed,
2: <laughs> fact. It's no, hey why, Rob. It's why, it's why have you never gone in? Sorry. No,
0: go oh, because just I. It, it seems like the bane of everything that I, or it seems like the epitome of everything that I loathe about this city kind of cluster fucked into one ginormous awful center of of shittiness that I just have no interest in interacting with whatsoever.
1: Yeah, it it's definitely bad, but I get why it exists, right? Because if yeah. you are someone that is upper middle class, you're going to FSU for some reason, and you're not just like there to get your MRS. You're you're aiming for professional management class. You need a place that's going to prepare you for that and like really knock off non-organic hyphenated buzzy (laughs) eateries or whatever that's you need to that needs to be there. They need to know what that's like because wherever they get their first job that's going to be most of what they're doing. That and it's and in... calling Bernie racist for some reason.
0: <laughs> and it's in this like really gentrified like area of of town too that has j- to my understanding has just been totally transformed since y'all were down here. Um Yeah, yeah I remember and... the
1: neighborhood used to be cool before we got running water. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was going to uh, say um you mentioned it quickly, but I'm just going to go back to this. You helped are you attempted to organize at USF? For people to know USF is in Tampa. Trying to organize in Tampa is a fucking Herculean task. So <laughs> That is I, the dumbest I, town in America. I, seriously. And it's I like It's not
1: the worst, but it is the dumbest.
2: Kudos to you, Pearson, for even making the attempt, because like those motherfuckers. I, I'm not going to say they don't deserve it, but good God.
0: (laughs) It's funny because, you know, you know, you you and I were talking about this the last conversation we had, Brett, but like, it's funny how, you know, things change because I certainly didn't walk in there and sort of magically create a a sort of left movement in Tampa. Rather, I was fortunate enough to meet some comrades before I had moved down there and they got me plugged in. And so, you know, things were already moving and shaking and, and I have some really, really um, good comrades uh, in like Mutually Disaster Relief who, who live down there, and they're fucking awesome people. So, like, shout out to them, first and foremost. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, you're not you're not wrong. Like, Tampa is genuinely dumb and awful, as the name of the show goes. Uh, they're just not a fun city. I, I lived there for only mm, six months, and uh, I'm glad I don't live there anymore. That's for damn sure.
2: <laughs> he, uh... So... Relevant story here um about Tampa and how fucking weird and shitty it is. So, do you guys know that the there's a Trump advisor, uh, Jason Miller? Uh Very like rat He's the face Chad looking Stephen Miller. <laughs> very yeah, like rat v- face. Virgin piece of shit, dude. Stephen
1: Miller. Yeah, writes shit about camps. Burr Chad <laughs> Jason Miller. All he does is fuck
2: whites. <laughs> So this guy was a comms director for like two or three days or something. And then a bunch of stuff came out immediately. where like, he was trying to force a mistress to take an abortion pill, um, doing all sorts of other sleazy shit, but he's trying to sue splinter and what's left of the Gizmodo group for, uh, libel. And so as a result, a bunch of things came out from that, including the fact that outside of the one mistress he had, that he was trying to force to get an abortion. Um, He loved going to massage parlors and strip clubs, and his favorite strip clubs to go to were in Tampa. Well, yeah, because because Tampa's famous for it. Yeah, because Tampa has there is a whole stretch in Tampa, and we have zoning laws to make sure strip clubs aren't near anything else. So there is like a fifteen-mile stretch that's just all strip clubs. There's one off on its own that's been grandfathered in, 2001 Space Odyssey is what that one's called. But all the rest of them are in this one stretch. I used to drive by every day on the way home from high school. That is Tampa. Strip club, capital of America. And that's where Trump's people like to go get their lap dances. I mean, that's where the RNC was, right? There's a reason the RNC was was. This,
1: This at at the risk of having Brett attacked by an insurrectionary anarchist again. I actually don't see a problem with this. Like, Brett, if you were in Tennessee... You would probably make it a point since you're in tennessee to try some of that tennessee barbecue right because it's a regional thing that's what Mm -hmm. you do right this headline extramarital affairs massage parlor sexual act and visits to strip clubs that all that seems about right for tampa like that that is what you should do
2: if you're in tampa Well, and get a really shitty tattoo. Yeah.
1: Like, sex work is fine. Okay. Went to a strip club. Good. Have a great time. Massage parlors, sexual act, as long as no one's getting trafficked. Like, I don't, none of this really bothers me. This guy just seems like a pimp. I'm sure he's racist as hell because it's Tampa, but.
0: Oh, sure. I'm, I have no doubt that he's a piece of shit. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, obviously, I think it goes without saying that, you know, if people aren't being trafficked, like, they and people have bodily autonomy, they should be able to do whatever they want with their bodies. So I'm not, you know, too worried about that particular note. It's the it's the weird, you know, sort of den and general kind of uh times and eras that we're living in with the whole Epstein fiasco that's going on currently that make me a little bit more uh reticent to, you know, give this one the rubber stamp.
2: Oh, so yeah, so to be clear no issues with sex workers or the strippers at the strip clubs. My issue is the dudes. So you you guys probably don't know this because you haven't, aren't involved in stupid Tampa bullshit. There's like three people that own almost all the strip clubs in Tampa. And the big one is Joe Redner. And he is one of the biggest pieces of shit on the planet. Uh, there's so many fucking allegations of sexual assault and abuse and attempted trafficking from that guy. Goodness. But because he has so much power uh, politically in the town nothing ever really happens to him like he is the worst fucking i mean it's he's a tampa strip club owner who's been doing it forever he is a monstrous piece of shit so the other part of this story was that this dude jason miller became friends with joe redner which is like fuck you guys like you sought out the worst person in the city to become best friends with fuck you just not true i think Jameis winston still lives in tampa right oh shit that's right (laughs) (laughs) That is Fuck. a
1: hyper-local joke. Oh, God, I forgot <laughs> Literally, he's still there.
0: no one is going to get that joke unless they live in Florida.
2: <laughs> Fuck, I forgot he's still there. God damn it. Uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to bring that one up for the Joe Redner thing because he's a monstrous piece of garbage. And, and just to relay that, like, this is what Tampa is. It's like half strip clubs. And it's not a, like, bodily autonomy thing of people choosing to do stripping. It's a whole lot of... Very sleazy, sketchy shit of forcing people who are getting crushed into doing stripping.
0: Sure, and fuck and Tampa. obviously, obviously that goes without saying is reprehensible and patriarchal and shitty as fuck. So, yeah, that's 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 quite the quite the confluence of shittiness to to throw together into the cauldronal stew that is Tampa.
1: <laughs> I would just he's a Trump advisor. That's why this is news, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: He's in that. He's miasma. also the one who literally was like. He's a super-duper, um, all-abortion-is-wrong dude who was trying to force a minister to have an abortion.
0: Very good. Very good and also nice.
2: Yeah. Uh, awesome shit. <laughs> all right. So what what's our next one here? So uh, other Florida news. This was kind of a big deal. Earlier this week, Florida Lauderdale had to go without water for a full... I think they ended up going up to like 30 or 36 hours without water. Uh, they had some water main break. But... It was a huge deal because an entire city, pretty fucking big city, in Florida in July, filled with elderly people, had no water for like a day and a half.
1: I was there two years ago after a hurricane, and it took like two weeks to get electricity. The the problem with Florida in general, but specifically Fort Lauderdale and Pearson, (coughs) you can probably weigh in on this. Like, Fort Lauderdale, no state income tax, right? Primarily... The residents are on fixed income. They don't want any tax at all. They don't care about the government at all. I mean, in general, Florida has a I don't give a shit who my neighbor is, stand your ground type vibe, you know, because everyone's so new and they are so just atomized by the fact that there's no social services or reason to do anything other than get in your car, your home or your work. And so we didn't have sidewalks, we didn't have sewers in Fort Lauderdale when the power lines break it's just like yeah well you want to pay for a backup plan then fucking do it and everyone goes well no because you'll in two weeks this will be fixed and i won't have to think about it again it really is sort of an ideal insane libertarian uh, health city
0: i fortunately have not had to visit fort lauderdale more than once or twice in my entire tenure on this planet and I have no intention of ever going there. So, uh after hearing about this particular story, I'm even more glad that uh it is something that I will leave firmly in my rearview mirror and never look back towards.
1: Yeah, it's we co- we covered a thing on sort of real estate in South Florida recently and people are just living in e- either they're living in a delusion like in the time that I've been in Fort Lauderdale roads that have previously had like a pretty big puddle now are just totally flooded for like 50 yards right like it's actually sinking in a very obvious way in a way that is more salient than maybe anywhere else in the world that isn't like fucking malaysia right like venice italy yeah and so everyone is either just going yeah no it can't happen to me i'm Privilege, like there's always a solution for me, right? Which was actually what people were saying in the real estate article, (laughs) Brett. Or they're just like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to time, I'm going to try to time my death just right. I want to see the immigrant death camps, but then I want to die before Florida goes under. And that's like 80% of Florida's citizens.
2: Yeah, there's a whole bunch of like, I got at least like 30 years before it's a real issue. So if I can just ride it out and ignore it until I'm dead, we're good. It's that real baby boomer mentality i will play i mean that's florida
1: florida might be the biggest boomer energy state in the union i'm trying to think of a better example
0: <laughs> florida is think... where america goes to die
1: <laughs> yeah so, I mean, it, place it sucks for a lot of reasons but everyone else in the country is sending their absolute worst people down there it hasn't made it better certainly <laughs> <laughs>
2: The only place I've seen that's ever gotten close is Arizona because that's where Phoenix specifically is where all the Midwestern retirees go. Like there's a, there's a reason why you had that like super shitty sheriff elected there and all that other jazz. Cause it's a bunch of white people from the Midwest being like immigrants on my border state. Absolutely not. Yeah. But Florida. It doesn't even come close to Florida. Arizona is like people that got rejected from the villages. <laughs> exactly for those who don't know the villages is one of the most horrifying places in the universe it's been covered by chapo um the
0: villages is not even okay we got to talk about it we can't just like name drop the villages and then not talk about it so the villages is is (laughs) the place in florida it has the highest std count i think in the entire country isn't that right
2: yep yep that is
0: correct
1: just, so so um, we're, we're we're being fair. We have said the good bits. Now we're going to say the <laughs> bad bits.
0: It's just it's just the 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 this this sort of sordid sex pool. I'm I'm sorry, cesspool of uh, of awful, horrifying boomers who are just like slavishly devoted to laissez faire economics and uh, a sort of you know venal hopeful like. Uh, like a uh, sense of of trying to overcome their own like terrible, shitty, evil, reprehensible vi- like lives of villainy by just sort of living out the last few years of their life fucking each other in this just like ugh, like like cauldron of 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 people who are trying to just die in in some sort of uh, a horrifying masquerade of self-entitlement it's just awful i I can't even i'm losing words because i'm so sickened by the villages every time i drive past it on the way home i just like have to hold my nose and like push down on the speed wheel a little bit faster so that i can get past there it's just oh it makes my
2: skin crawl it's a giant community of boomer retirees with money (laughs) fucking their way to the afterlife yep
1: i had no idea when when peaches said fuck the pain away that she was talking about pop pop (laughs) it's just
0: that's life it's It's a place in which
2: they measure uh in the same way that like in really shit bougie towns people do dick measuring competitions by like my lawn and my car in the villages it's done by your golf cart that's the kind of place we're talking about it is just horrific just talking about it makes me want to vomit if 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 god forbid a really bad flu virus broke out there florida would go blue in the next election (laughs) like that's that's how powerful it is every single person there is a big trump person too oh
0: and and because they're all like funding super PACs that are republican super PACs like they're all like just using their retirement dollars and just funneling it into the republican party
2: it's god it's it's an incredible place I didn't realize – this is the fucking joy of growing up in Florida. I didn't realize that that was a weird outlier until I left. I was like, oh, you guys don't collect all your most evil old people together? Like, that's (laughs) not a thing everybody else does? Like, oh. Oh, no, you send them to us, and we collect them. Okay, great. I feel like there's, like, a
0: good Kurt Vonnegut story in there somewhere of just, like, the most (laughs) reprehensible people just sitting in, like, old, like – uh, what are the? I'm 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 losing the word. Um, what are they called? The the, the golf centers where people get congregate. Um, country the, clubs. Yes, they're sitting in country clubs, just to like you know. Scheming different ways to bend on like local politicians to make sure that like they don't have to pay some obs- like obscure tax cut. Like it, 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 it's it's gotta be. There's gotta be a story like some ridiculous, like r- hilarious Kafka-esque story in there somewhere.
1: It <laughs> does sound like a fucking. Which is sort of like Brett Easton Ellis's Less Than Zero if you swapped all the characters out for geriatrics and maga hats. That's. <laughs> That's as particular as I can describe it. That's pretty on point. All right. Next one. All
2: right. Uh, So the last one I've got is I'll read the headline for this one because this is a weirdly consistent Florida story I've seen before. Florida man breaks into home, cuts man's penis and runs off with detached penis. Oh, that's that's
1: property theft. So that's (laughs) where I draw the line. If that's you've now
2: stolen from my home, I have a right to defend myself. He, he broke into the home of his wife's lover, tied him up, cut his dick off with a pair of scissors, and then ran off with it.
0: Oh, my God.
2: This? No, this, this... is my wife's boyfriend's penis. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't even, like, the first time somebody got their dick cut off in Florida. This is, like, the fifth, at least. Lorena Oh, Bobbitt my West God, Florida. dude.
0: This is... Wow. I'm reading through yeah. the story now.
2: <laughs> wow. Wow tie his penis got cut off told deputies that vanilla fled the scene with the man's severed penis in his possession
1: he must have (laughs) not told the guy that he was gonna that he was tying him up to cut his penis off because i feel like maybe this is one of those (laughs) things where every guy thinks they could win a fight but if you had told me like okay i'm gonna try to tie you up and then cut your dick off i'd be able to get out of being tied up it's also one, it's yeah, no, one guy, he's like 52 years old, and he lives in Florida.
0: Can y'all Can y'all
2: please just read the last sentence of this article? Officials did not specify what happened to the victim's penis. <laughs> that's how the article <laughs> ends. I should have to. That's how the article
0: ends. What a fucking cliffhanger. I want to know. Well, I like uh, The people want to know what happened to the, the victim's <gasps> penis.
2: He ate it. Where did the missing penis it. go? It, waste not, want not. I mean, the last time somebody fed it to an alligator or something, right? Do you understand? Oh,
0: shit. Yeah, my dude, that's incredible.
1: Broward County literally tells its citizens to shoot the iguanas and eat them because it would be good for the county. (laughs) Florida people, I know exactly where that is. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Why would you be so dedicated that you brought rope, tied someone up, cut the penis off, then ran out, and what, 10 minutes later, you're like, I'm bored with this.
2: Where is it? Man, I just got a dick in my pocket. Going a night on the town. Yeah, I've
1: heard that one from you before, Brett.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, holy shit! All right, right. what Enough. an awful
1: world. Yeah, let's let's <laughs> let's uh, move to our uh, home stretch here. I think uh, general general Florida, right? Or do you want to do politics or?
2: Yeah. Okay. So since you're you're a little a little no, you're actually active, um, doing things, doing praxis in Florida. I guess my general question is just, what is your sense of how things are going organizing wise in the state? Since you seem more connected to it, when we were there, I felt like there was nothing.
0: Yeah, I mean, it. I mean, it's still depending on what circles you run in. It definitely still feels a lot of times like nothing's happening here as well. But I think, you know, part of it's just knowing where to look, you know, and and being really diligent about trying to seek those people out. Um, you know, I, I, I think that radical politics and in those circles typically come in and ebbs and flows and, and sometimes you're at a high point and sometimes it's relatively low and I think that um, the Bernie Sanders campaign and the the Trump winning the election I think really galvanized a lot of people. I think it really radicalized a lot of people and showed them um, it heightened the contradictions of capitalism um, I think that the, the contradictions would have been even more clear had someone like Hillary Clinton won but I think that um, I think that we're at least in the midst of a, an upswing in in popular organizing on the left. And I see people like actually beginning to be more fierce and be more militant because they recognize that we genuinely are in a fight for our lives and the impending collapse that is hanging over all of our heads due to global climate change is mm-hmm going to affect all of us. Um, and so, I, you know, there's more anti-racist and anti-fascist organizing that has seen, you know, this huge resurgence, especially in the months leading up to the 2016 election and then following after. And so, you know, community organizers all across the state have been building upon the the momentum that has fomented in the wake of the 2016 election to build around things like the ecological collapse or against anti-fracking, you know, mobilizations or disaster relief organizing, especially with mutual aid disaster relief, um, you know, agricultural efforts to try and build up food autonomy. There's a lot of work going on in local communities, whether it's with groups like, you know, the democratic socialists of America, or if it's with, um, you know, sort of like anarchist affinity groups, um, people are doing important work in the region, um, in their communities and, and, If you know where to look and and if you are willing to get your hands dirty and put your hands, put your fingers in the soil, I think that you can begin to find those things in your local community as well. If you are diligent and and seek after them, because God knows if they're happening in Florida, then they're probably happening in your neck of the woods, too.
2: Very true. The DSA locally in Florida seems awesome, too. I saw the Tassie DSA was doing a lot of good stuff after that hurricane. DSA
1: Miami, send me my shirt. I want the shirt. I don't want to show up and do socialism. I want to have a shirt that implies I might do socialism in the future, but it's well designed and makes me look cool.
2: Hell yeah!
0: Because uh, honestly, what's more praxis than that, right? Um, the the actual subscribe to the, Red Scare.
1: <laughs> no, please God.
0: Uh, the the fucking. Um, the DSA National Convention is coming up uh, in two weekends or one weekend, two weeks, two weeks from today um, and or we're recording this on the 20th. So like vaguely two weeks from today. Uh, and for some reason, the Tallahassee chapter nominated me to go to represent their interests. So that's going to be wild because Dude, I'm, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm definitely not probably the general makeup of most, um, you know, most people's conception of what the dsa looks like but i've come to find that dsa chapters tend to be m- far more about mutual aid and um empowering locals and trying to build up community solidarity than they m- than the national might present to themselves as being
2: that's fucking awesome it's in atlanta this year right
0: yeah so it's only like four hour drive for me which isn't bad at all yeah that's not bad
2: uh, so I just heard about the National Convention last week, and I both do and don't envy the amount of white dudes you get to interact with at that shit. It's going to be hilarious. That's not true, because
1: if you're racist enough, you also get to hang out with Amber. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> Slavic solidarity, Amber. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: Holy shit, dude. That's awesome. So she's yeah, just, I, I'm, She's I'm...
1: doing socialism with Slavic characteristics. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so just racism. <laughs> that's hysterical yeah I'm, uh, i'll be where's super the malice now huh <laughs> <laughs> i'd be super curious to hear how that goes yeah um, it, I'll,
0: you're definitely uh going to hear about it one way or another uh i'm sure i'll talk about it on coffee with comrades but it's just hilarious to think about because i think you know the dsa is uh in a moment, right now, I think the the DSA is an in, 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 has an internal identity crisis that is going to be playing out more and more, especially as the twenty twenty election gets closer and closer, because you have this sort of electoral wing that is primarily interested in this sort of vapid um, you know attempt to infiltrate the Democratic Party, which all of us, I'm sure, know is a corporate party that is completely beholden to capitalist interests. And, um, you know, the more uh, the more radical and revolutionary side that uses the DSA as a big tent and uh, an attempt to try and build meaningful coalitions that can potentially galvanize a mass movement for popular
2: liberation and socialism. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out at the Nash, because this is the first one they've done in a few years, right?
0: Um, no. I don't know. I think they do them yearly, but I know that this one it ha- definitely has a lot of talk about it. Well, there's been a lot of buzz. Mm,
2: this one's going to be interesting.
1: For sure. God, uh, the idea of a lot of buzz and then facing the reality <laughs> of, like, if someone just took a camera phone picture, it's just, like, a room devoid of melanin complaining.
0: <laughs> sadly, sadly, that's probably the most accurate description of the Democratic Socialists of America that I've ever heard. <laughs>
1: Buddy, I said you don't have uh, to say it every time.
2: So, <laughs> 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 so the wrap up mm-hmm. general Florida question for you. So, you've lived in Florida your whole life, right? Unfortunately, yes. I am genuinely sorry about that. I am too, um, but
0: so it goes. What can you do? Get the fuck
1: out. I mean,
2: it took me a while, but <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah. yes. We both worked really hard out. on that. Yeah, yeah that's uh, probably the hardest me, I've ever worked. Believe me, I'm working on it. And we will celebrate when you escape. There
1: was a so period mean, in my life where I had to choose between living in a car in New Orleans or living in a house near the beach in Fort Lauderdale, and I was like, New Orleans one, obviously, right? I mean, <laughs> We all make 100%. that choice.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. When <laughs> I when I finally
0: get out, we'll uh, we'll have a big Divinity Two land party. It'll be great. Fuck
1: yeah! Let's do it. Actually, you no. Know, if we're all in the same place, we got to play those tabletops though. Indeed. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's
2: a far better use of our time, tbh. Yeah. Uh. To. Ter- w- w- Thought general thoughts in Florida. Do you actually like it? Do you hate it? What what do you like about it, if anything?
0: Yeah, well, I mean I have a love hate kind of relationship with Florida. Like I I love the music scene here, it's surprisingly really great. Um the people here are very good and also nice. Uh believe it or not, I am going to argue and we can go back and forth about this. For for Florida, it has pretty good coffee, which is something that I value. Uh it also like the, the comrades here. Are really great so like there's a couple of spots uh there's a uh, like spots in orlando in particular that i really like there's a roaster called lineage uh, that's fantastic. Um, the shop that I used to always go to that a bunch of my friends used to work at was called Vesper also really good. Um, there's some good spots in Tampa, which Tampa is a shithole, but like the best part of Tampa, in fruit. fact, I would say the only good part about Tampa are like the good coffee places that they have. Like, so there's a place called and foundation the there. Fruit. Also the Cuban food for sure. That goes also the saying. fact
1: that for a while it was the highest lightning strike, uh, location on planet
2: earth, which that's cool because <laughs> it shows that God is trying to fix the whole Tampa it's still thing. it's still number one in the uh, northern hemisphere.
0: Maybe there is a God talk um, about praxis. <laughs> I mean, there's there's like a shit ton to do, especially like in central Florida, which is kind of dope. I mean, that's where I live most of my life. But then there's also Disney which is just the worst thing. It's rough. It's very rough. Uh, It's just the worst. Uh, The humidity, 100% constant fucking humidity, and just suffering under the perpetual heat that just continually rolls across the state in waves. And all the neo-Nazis and Klan members are, uh, of course, not (laughs) especially uh, something that I, I find near and dear to my heart in particular.
1: I'll be honest, there's a lot of them down there. There's oh my God. there's a
0: obscene amount of them down here.
2: God, there's so fucking many, it's insane. It is, and they're like Florida s- is Swamp Clan too, which is just go ahead, Rob. Swamp Clan, Jesus, it's clan, it's clan members from the fucking swamp. I don't know, I.
1: It's the worst it's... DC reimagining of a hero. <laughs> <laughs> the Green remembers Jim Crow.
2: <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs>
1: That's a very good impression. I'll have you know. <laughs>
2: that actually is.
1: <laughs> no, it's really bad down there. Yeah, don't don't go to Florida. Don't live in Florida. They it only exists because of your tourist dollars. So it's you know. Don't give just them that vacationing
2: there. Yeah, the
0: if people away. don't vacation here, eventually it'll die out, and it'll be great for everybody.
2: God, that would be that would be truly incredible.
1: Um, Tallahassee, just you mentioned that Tallahassee usually has good music because being a Fort Lauderdale person most bands on tour, at least good bands, you know, bands that are coming up, doing good shows, they kinda don't have the time or money once they've hit Atlanta, Tallahassee, New Orleans, to go on a seven hour one way trip to Fort Lauderdale yeah. and then a 14 hour trip to New Orleans. They're just not yeah, gonna do not that. are not gonna do that shit. No, so no, no. So Tallahassee sure. ended up being a weird nexus of really good music, so.
0: See, I heard it used to be like that, but it is definitely not like that anymore.
1: Oh, well, fuck. <laughs> Why did I think anything <laughs> would continue to be okay or get better? No, we only degenerate here.
0: <laughs> you, you, you remember, Rob. We are in the worst timeline.
1: It yeah, serves me yeah.
2: right. It does. Also, it's Florida. We reflect the swamp. Everything is decaying and degenerating at all times. My, my friend had a
1: house in Tallahassee, right? The landlord, kind of like an absentee guy, right? A sinkhole randomly opened up in the back and ate like a third of the house. So the landlord, instead of like going like, oh that's a problem, just bailed. So my buddy just had this house rent-free as long as you're okay with the fact that a sinkhole <laughs> might eat you anytime. We basically <laughs> were. He had it for Incredible. about a year and a half. And then when we moved him out, we accidentally bumped the U-Haul truck into the front and then the front half collapsed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> remember that oh my god that's incredible you there for that that was that. pat's pat's place remember oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> fucking amazing i forgot about that my um that all seemed normal my, at the time where i grew up the childhood like neighborhood i grew up in the like shitty little suburbs uh the house across the street from where i grew up got recently consumed by sinkhole that opened up overnight and literally ate the whole family in the house that's
0: the most terrifying thing i've heard in a minute that's absolutely horrifying florida baby that'll
2: happen that's also tampa tampa (laughs) every single little lake is a former sinkhole like it is horrifying don't guys don't go there or give them money avoid it
1: Uh, it's pretty cool that you can just be walking down the street like wow which strip club will i go to today
2: and then you're accidentally cave diving <laughs> hell, hell will literally swallow you if you go to Florida. Don't do it. <laughs> Jesus Christ, fucking Florida. Um. All right. Before we wrap, since you have a lit degree, give us. Uh, uh, we don't do books, so give us just one that's approachable and good and not theory that people should read.
0: Okay. Uh, like fiction.
2: Probably, because that's more fun. Well, let's
0: all okay. do it. I,
1: I have one too. Let's
2: okay. Do it. Go.
0: Yeah. Go. Let's you let let you go, first, go first, Rob. I gotta think.
2: Oh, okay. Sure.
1: So, uh, my sort of leftist reading recommendation. Um, Oh, let me rephrase that. I've never read a book, but um, (laughs) I I thought I was ordering an actual Japanese woman called Sayaka Murata, but they just sent me her book and it's called Convenience Store Woman. And it's actually incredible. It's 125 pages and it's incredible. It won basically the Man Booker Prize that Japan has and it's extremely leftist it looks at capitalist structures brett you read it what do you think
2: i thought it was amazing and it was a really quick read and it is very anti-capitalist it's hell incredible. yeah it
0: sounds incredible i'm gonna fucking it's look so up good right now. i
1: probably should call it that the akutagawa prize rather than japanese man booker that would probably be fair <laughs> but the translation is incredible and you could do it in one sitting and it's something that really sticks with you so that's mine convenience store woman by uh, Sayaka Murata.
0: Oh, yeah! Um, so I'll just give you one that I read recently, uh, which is actually set in Tallahassee. It's called Annihilation. Um, they actually made a movie about it um, that, like, they they did and it had Natalie Portman in it. Uh, Dude, sucks. that movie was the terrifying. Book is...
2: That fucking bear was the scariest shit. Dude, I've ever but
0: I seen. mean, the movie, like, if you read the book, the book is like just. I know people say this all the time, and and it's true, and it's like beating a dead horse. But the book is far superior. The oh, the I'm author... sure the movie fell apart at the end. Yeah, for sure. The author lives, uh, like just down the road from me and oh, no uh, i shit. got to see him do a talk once and it was awesome and i finally like sat down this summer and read the book in the shadow of the lighthouse where like the events transpire and it was just incredible
1: highly recommend
2: that's fucking awesome yeah it was a cool sci-fi story but the the movie itself was that should give me nightmares. i did not know about the tallahassee link there yeah for yeah sure. neither did i i thought it was pensacola that's awesome
0: yeah it's pretty dope um yeah, uh, that would be the recommendation uh, until I finish writing my book about Tallahassee, and then you should read that.
2: Hell yeah. Uh, I would read I that if, book. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Thanks,
0: Rob. That means a lot to me, buddy. It doesn't mean I'll nothing, certainly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess if we're doing books, I'm going to stick with the veteran theme and just say read Catch-22.
0: Dude, fuck yeah. Catch-22 is so good.
2: Such it, a is the, it is the best encapsulation of the military I've ever seen because it casts in military is what it is, which is a hyper-bureaucratic system that exists to fuck people and that's 100 accurate war is not war war is bureaucracy and they mm-hmm. capture it perfectly yeah for sure that shit's dope also it's really easy to read which you know that's very important to me yeah and it's hilarious <laughs>
0: too it's so fucking funny
2: yeah yeah it's
1: i mean it would been nice if someone other than me suggested you know like not a white male author but that's, <laughs> i understand everyone's on different points in their journey
2: i can't recommend murakami because then it'll make me sound like i read important books or things that are smart and i guarantee you murakami is not important mfa take
1: Man,
2: <laughs> what, wind up bird chronicles so good i fucking love wind those.
0: up bird chronicles and like um kafka on the shore holy
2: shit yeah, more like kafka on the boar okay all right <laughs> oh i actually i do have one that might be a little bit better if you really want to left this
0: one by a non white male offer author offer. Offer? Author. Uh, you should read your heart is the muscle the size of your fist. That What's that book. about? That is about the nineteen ninety nine uh, NGO protests.
2: Oh shit. That sounds cool as hell.
0: Yeah, it fucking rocks. It's such a good ass book. I love that book so much. It's so good. Um yeah, it's by Sunny It's so fucking awesome. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Um, it's told from like multiple people characters' perspectives. Uh and it's just
1: Is it an oral deep. history or is it
0: No, it's a, it's a sort of um it's sort of like a fluid um kind of uh, fictionalized version of events. It's really fucking dope. I'll send you guys a link to uh the uh New York Times review of it. It's just great.
1: And it's just all Battle it's of awesome. Seattle stuff?
0: Yeah, it's all Battle of Seattle. Yeah, so yeah it fucking That's rocks cool, so. it fucking rocks it's so good it's so 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 good um, i would say
2: the the other one i'd recommend she's pretty famous now but tiny beautiful things by cheryl Strayed. see is, i've heard about that
0: book but i've never actually read it myself i've heard nothing but great things though
2: i mean we were talking before about like empathy deficits and stuff and that one i just loved because it's pretty much just all emotional intelligence discussion so she had a like advice column and she put it all together into this book but it's her connecting with each person um It's just – it's incredibly beautifully written. She's an amazing writer, and it's – they're all incredibly touching. I love that book. Hell, yeah. It's actually one of my favorite things I've ever read. Wow. Um, That's high praise. She had – she wrote a whole – she wrote a book that got turned into a movie about, like, when she went hiking after her mom died and all that jazz. But, like, this one's better. Read this. Tiny Beautiful Things.
1: Sick. I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah. Sorry. Real quick before we're done, just because I'm going to kick myself I don't mention this. One thing that's really helped me understand the left, especially sort of the online left, that I have access to – you know, interact with regularly. Um, if you can, it's, I don't know if it's been reprinted recently, but you can find them. Um, it's by this author, Davis, and it's called Garfield at Large. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can get Garfield bigger and better, but it's, uh You want it early Garfield bigger than life. Third book. Garfield at large. First book is before he started to rely on the crutch of Odie and normal. And, you know, it's very much the core
2: Garfield that you've come to expect. (laughs) Uh, And with that, thanks y'all for listening. This is Brett at relentless board. She's an amazing cat. That's Rob at dumb and awful. Uh, And with us, say, was Pearson from coffee with comrades. Uh, Pearson. Who are you on Twitter? Uh, my name is just
0: my name, Pearson Bolts, on Twitter. You can follow Coffee with Comrades, uh, which is a leftist podcast discussing current events theory and uh, radical action uh, uh, on Twitter at Coffee W Comrades and uh, all of our entire discography, discography, bibliography, whatever the fuck you want to call it. All of our our back catalog is available online wherever you get your podcasts or at www.coffeewithcomrades.com.
2: Hell yeah. You can listen to some smart shit instead of us. <laughs> all
0: right. I don't know about all that
1: It's not Thanks zero sum listening. okay You can listen to smart <laughs>
2: shit and our dumb shit Yeah there you go that's, The that's, high and low right David
1: Foster Wallace I read books
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, are Thanks for, for coming on Take care y'all it's irony all right. <laughs>